0: Hello, and welcome to the second ever episode of my podcast, Dorm Discussions. This is your host, Owen Campbell, and today we will be joined with the first ever guest of the podcast, my good buddy, Jack Breen. Jack, say hello.
1: First guest? Can't believe it. Um, but yeah, know, <laughs> good to be here, and uh, let's get right into this uh, podcast.
0: Yeah, so today I wanted to have Jack on. Um, we're just going to talk about the NBA draft a little bit, uh, how the Wolves did on draft night, and how we feel about their current direction. Um, and then I'm going to get his thoughts on this weekend of NFL games, uh, talk about the Vikings a little bit, of course, our beloved Vikings. Um, but yeah, like uh, like Jack said, let's just get right into this here. All right, so our first topic for the day, um, the NBA draft. So that was just held on Wednesday, um, if you guys didn't know. Um, and yeah, so the, the Wolves took Anthony Edwards out of Georgia at one. Uh, the Warriors went with James Wiseman at two. Lamelo ball went to the hornets at three and you know that's about as chalk as anyone could have had it um i as i said on the la- last podcast i wasn't the biggest fan of anthony edwards i didn't really want the wolves to draft him i i was more of a Lamelo guy strictly from an upside perspective but looking at the fit with the wolves anthony edwards probably does make um more sense and you can't you can't deny the the athleticism and the physical attributes um so who knows, um, hopefully, hopefully Edwards can be good for us, uh, and it sounded like we were taking calls for the pick until, like, the very last minute, so I'm not sure Minnesota even really wanted any of these guys that bad, and I don't think Golden State necessarily wanted Wiseman that bad, it sounded like they were trying to shop the piece too, and obviously with Clay getting injured, that's a whole other aspect of that, but anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Edwards in a Wolves jersey, um, And, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, so, Jack, I mean, how do you feel about the Edwards pick? Are you happy with the Wolves' current direction? Uh, Do you think they got better on draft night?
1: Well, I think the Edwards pick, um, they were kind of in a tough spot all along. I mean, the first pick this year was kind of a crappy spot to be in. Um, There was no real um, number one choice like last year with Zion. Um, so the Wolves only had really one option. I thought um, either they trade the pick and go down, or they draft Wiseman, Ball, or um, Anthony least. Edwards. <laughs> yeah, forgot his name. Um, so yeah, so I think Ball would have been um, kind of a long-term piece. Um, you know, a little bit undersized still. Um, hasn't necessarily filled out. But Edwards is kind of NBA-ready with his his bigger body. Um, I mean, he comes with a lot of issues, too. Um, They all do Wiseman. I mean, with Cat, there's really no reason to draft Wiseman there. Um, So, I don't know. It's just kind of too early for me to necessarily say if we got better. I think maybe six months and maybe a year down the road we'll be able to really tell. Um, I think Ricky Rubio... uh, Trading I, I for like him. that one. Yeah, I like um, that. Just helps either with just a bench piece or some sort of just kind of extra ball handler, a veteran guy that we can use in in different situations. But yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of pressure right now on Rosas um, to really to make it big. Yeah. Um, new ownership might be coming in. Might want to clean house and and give him the old boot. So <laughs> we'll we'll have to see kind of what. Um, you know, he'll he'll have to come up with something big here within the next year or two to keep Cat and keep the pieces
0: going yeah, forward. Yeah. I think you're at the point now where you gotta start putting together your pitch of why Cat should stay in Minnesota. You know, what what's gonna make him wanna stay in two years. And I, I kind of agree. I think that Rubio acquisition was probably my favorite move of of the night for the Wolves. Um you mentioned the the veteran presence. And I think that is crucial for the Wolves. And I mean, their whole thing with Rosas and this new, uh, new ownership has been about culture, um, and building a culture with Ryan Saunders and Rosas and these guys. And I think Rubio is a, is a, can be a big part of that. And Minnesota loves him. Um, you know, we were the first team, we were the team that drafted him. Um, and he he played good in Phoenix. I mean, he, he was a big reason why they were winning in the bubble. Um, so I think, yeah, as a backup guard, or maybe a starting guard, I'm not sure how he fits in with Russell, but I think that'll be good for the Wolves, and especially for Cat and, uh, you know, all the guys, hopefully Edwards.
1: Yeah, and, and too bad with COVID, though. Um, I mean, I think Ricky Rubio would really put some butts in the seats and can, <laughs> can keep the fans, you know, all jazzed up about, you know, the Wolves' future. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring back an old face. Yeah. Um, maybe KG's got a few... uh you know, trips down the court in
0: him too, and we can maybe bring him back. We got to give Ricky one of those tribute videos. Those Welcome Home videos. Oh,
1: there's already one on there. It says, Welcome Home, Ricky. (laughs) Make sure to check that one out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Minnesota's got their guy back. (laughs) So, with Rubio, I mean, this is how ESPN had our starting lineup. It's got Ricky Ricky at point, D'Lo at shooting guard, Anthony Edwards at small forward, Juan Hernan Gomez at four, and then cad at the five, and then a couple names off the bench, Malik Beasley, who we just re-signed, um, and he looked good last year in his limited time, um, so I think everybody in Minnesota wanted him back, um, the, whatever, dude, he just got arrested, he, uh, just dumb, but whatever, um, Akogi, he's, I love Akogi, everybody loves Akogi, I think, how can you not love Akogi, um,
1: he plays hard. He plays hard.
0: And people don't do that in the NBA. Sometimes that's literally all it takes. <laughs> you just got to play harder than the other guy. Um, Jake Lehman. I, I really like Jake Lehman out of Maryland. Um, I think he's kind of underrated. A little, you know, 3-4 guard. Uh, he can shoot. And he's athletic. Okay. Um Nas Reed. Jarrett Culver. Yeah, Jarrett Culver is nothing. He I don't know. He, he, he could still become something, but. Who knows? Um, and then the Jaden McDaniels. So those are a few names. I mean it's it's nothing to get super excited about, but um I mean with with how much with how tough the West is, I mean, do you think they have any chance of competing in this upcoming season for a playoff spot?
1: Um, I don't necessarily think um they've got above forty wins in them this year. Okay. Um it's gonna be tough in the West. Um, But I do think the West is not as good as it was last year. Um, I think, honestly, the East might have more contending teams um, next year. Houston's kind of done. Denver doesn't necessarily have the firepower. I don't necessarily think to win a title. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of Lakers-Clippers, and then beyond that, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. But I don't even think the Wolves are in that discussion yet. Um, I'm hearing today... Um, I saw a few names that kind of the Wolves have touched base with. Um, one of them is Paul Millsap. Um, I think we're looking for a veteran, um, you know, four or five guy that can kind of come in and help out. Because um, we're kind of young, beyond cat. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they touched base with uh, Rondé Halls Jefferson okay. and uh, Tristan Thompson. So those are you know three guys that um, have been in the league a little bit and kind of know um, how to play down low and and can kind of you know Paul Millsap at least um, can kind of stretch the floor a little bit too.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can get some help with the bigs. I mean, it Juan Hernan Gomez is is fine, but he he can't be your starting forward. Did 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 we resign him? Well, I th- I think, but his thing is he's he's filming a movie right now. <laughs> he's over filming a movie with Adam Sandler, so he hasn't been at – training camp or anything he's doing his own thing
1: how in the heck does he get in the movie who knows him
0: yeah dude who, who the fuck knows and what what the hell is this movie i mean
1: yeah. is
0: it yeah but whatever hopefully we can get one of those guys or i think again the veteran presence is important um and some help at the big spot but yeah you mentioned the west a little bit houston is imploding <laughs> um so they could drop out of it okc i think they just traded away like
1: they're they total rebuild. Though, yeah, right they're now.
0: total rebuild. Um, and I, you know, Chris Paul got them to forty four and twenty eight last year, but I think without, I don't, I think they could definitely fall out. Um, Utah's always in there. Dallas is going to be in there. Portland is going to be in there, and they've been making moves. I, I can't remember who they've really picked up, but Portland's going to be in there. And then, yeah, I mean, the nine through fifteen teams in the West last year goes Memphis, Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans minnesota at 14 and then golden state and obviously golden state's not going to be at the bottom of the west this year so i i think the wolves have a lot of ground to make up and and not a lot of time to do it um as you know we talk about cats window in minnesota um and yeah it, it scares me because they gotta they gotta get better and quick if they want to keep pace in the west um but yeah i kind of agree i, I don't really see them fighting for a playoff spot this year but who knows? Um do you like Ryan Saunders? Do you think he's the right coach for the Wolves? I think that um he's done a good job
1: so far. I mean, we haven't had much talent. Um you kind of look at the Wolves roster and there's not necessarily talent um screaming, you know, 1 through 10. Um our second unit has always been very below average and we've had guys in the starting lineup that um you know, I wouldn't consider above-average NBA players, and, you know, that's tough as a coach. Um, Do I think he's some great coach that's going to go down in history and be one of the best coaches of all time? No. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he could. He's still young, but I just don't – so far, I haven't seen anything where it's like this guy is the best coach we've ever seen Yeah. coach.
0: Yeah. It's kind of too early to tell, too. I mean, whatever he's had only like two—is it two years? He got handed the
1: keys pretty early. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a pretty young guy. Um, but the Wolves, you know, our market is not very big. Um, we don't, you know, necessarily draw big names. Thibodeau was a disaster, and he was yeah. a somewhat big name. Now he's in New York and trying to fix maybe the worst uh, organization in the NBA. Match made so. in heaven. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can yell some more, and they'll get some more calls. And New yep. York is gonna win, you know, maybe a game or two more.
0: Yeah, New York Knicks are gonna have a Tim T- Tom Thibodeau statue outside of MSG in a few years. Yep. <clears throat> he can bring the glory days back. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, the the Ryan Saunders thing is cool too. Kind of similar to the Ricky Rubio thing. I mean, he's got the Minnesota ties, obviously with Flip. Um, and I think that is R.I.P. Flip, RIP Flip, and the Goat. <laughs> um yeah flips the go and so I think yeah having Ryan Saunders and kind of keeping that sense of Minnesota pride is important for like you say a small market you know or it counts for something I, yeah, I don't know yeah. um so that's why I think you, you give Ryan Saunders a chance you give him a few more years let him build his team um the way he wants and then if it's a failed experiment get rid of him I, you know he's not entitled to anything but um so yeah, that's that's kind of the wolves rundown. Anything you want to add on the wolves, Jack? Um, if not, I kind of want to get into the um, the draft a little bit.
1: Yeah. On the
0: flip side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then that leads us to the next topic, and it, it's still the draft. But I mean, I was just kind of taking. I mean, I watched the draft with a couple of my buddies, and um, as I'm watching it, you know. It's a, and I want to say I was like into the NBA draft, but I'm not sure. Like I really wasn't, and I mean, it's it could be a weak year for the draft, or you know, not having a Zion going. It, it was kind of tough to get interested in it. Um, but I think I was listening to Colin Cowherd, and I think, I mean, you look at the average age of kids drafted in the NBA it's you know a lot of them are 18 to 20 year olds over 50 or 53 percent of the players drafted this year were 20 years or younger 20 years old or younger with the highest uh, percentage of kids drafted were age 19 and the first seven picks were 19 years old and i think this is kind of a college basketball uh just general basketball culture thing um when you compare it to the nfl uh there was nobody in the NFL drafted below the age of 21 um and you know that the college football has rules where i think it's um they got to stay 2 years right 3 3, three. years okay you got to stay 3 years you can redshirt
1: um i mean you could come out as a redshirt sophomore um but yeah you got to be uh 3 years in college
0: okay and then obviously college basketball has the the one and done rule um so that it makes sense why kids are going to the NBA draft so early um but I think I think it does play a part because I mean so and with the Colin Coward thing what what I was um what really stood out to me is you know Colin Coward he's not a big basketball guy or whatever and he's talking he's like I just didn't know any of these guys drafted (laughs) like you know they're coming from and I think there was a stat no blue blood player went in the lottery I think is what it was so no player from kansas duke kentucky um those schools was drafted in the lottery and i think it was the first year and however however long um so yeah but i just think it's interesting from like the casual fan perspective you're seeing guys like denny avija or whatever his name is you know patrick williams went number four don't disrespect him like <laughs> yes yeah, he the israeli israeli prodigy yes um but yeah, dude, like Patrick Williams going number four. Who the hell is he? Was he wasn't even a starter on Florida State. He was a six man. Um, so it's just like, how does the that was an awful pick, though. Well, do you think? Yeah, it was a terrible pick. Yeah, it's just it caught me off guard. I had never heard of the dude, but I guess yeah. My my point being, like, it's tough to get into the NBA draft, and I think the NBA doesn't value college basketball enough, and um. The NFL values college football. Um, you know the first, the guys drafted at the top, or you know Joe Burrow. He he wasn't even a starter when he got there. He he transferred and he had to earn his way. And I think same thing with Justin Fields or Spencer Rattler. I think, um, you know, seeing those guys, you get a, you get an emotional connection to them playing in college, and then you um, you know see who you who you like and whatever. But if you got some guys who you just coming to the league who you've never heard of, it's hard to get excited about it. So um, my question for you, Jack, uh, do you think that NBA values college basketball enough?
1: Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind um, for me is that this is a very rare year. Typically, at the top of the draft, you don't have guys that people don't necessarily know But I think part of that is guys now aren't necessarily afraid. High school kids aren't necessarily afraid of going to bad teams. And part of that is because in today's generation, you can get noticed wherever you go. Um, the way that social media, the way that, you know, I think YouTube is a big thing and film and mixtape and all yeah, that too. That a lot of that is um, you know, you can find a kid wherever he goes. I mean, look at little Melo Ball. He went to flipping Lithuania <laughs> and everybody was watching his games.
0: It was a media circus out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People flew out just to watch a 17-year-old kid play basketball in Lithuania. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, 20 30, 30 years ago would have been, you know, considered crazy. Right. So, I think that's part of it. And then also, part of it, I think, is the money in college basketball um, I believe that Anthony Edwards was getting money
0: yeah there's no doubt, and I mean there's I don't even think you can discount this shit at that point or at this point I mean with the but you know the scandal that came out a few years ago and then the nCA you know they didn't even really follow up on it that hard, but you see. The teams are getting sanctions now, and like Will Wade of LSU is a scumbag, and so many coaches. I mean, but uh, so many. I think so many coaches and programs are paying their players in some form, but you have to if you want to compete, don't you? Um, I think
1: I I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it takes a certain type of coach to to rise above the money. Um, as a coach, you have to be. Um, You know, we're a Minnesota market, so you look at a guy like P.J. Fleck. I personally don't believe that P.J. Fleck is giving money to any of the University of Minnesota players. But P.J. Fleck markets himself. He markets his brand. Um, I'm trying to think of a college basketball coach that kind of exemplifies a lot of that. Um, The Blue Bloods, they kind of recruit for themselves. Um, There is still probably some money going on there with the Blue Bloods. Um, But do I think that's necessarily through the head coach or through the coaching staff? I don't necessarily know. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that comes through boosters and and all sorts of other different um, avenues. So I think there's a lot kind of going into a lot, you know, in the sense of the NBA draft and the lack of players knowing people. Or people knowing the players, yeah, it's not just kind of one simple answer. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of baggage there to unpack, and um, yeah, college basketball is college sport. College basketball is in a weird place, and they just passed the NIL or the what is it? Name letter,
1: image NLI. You know better than me. It's NLI, name letter
0: or name something and image. But um, yeah, so they're gonna let kids profit.
1: Explain kind of what what that necessarily means
0: yeah so the way i understand it is it's gonna allow kids to or college athletes to profit off of their oh that's what it is it's nia or nil name image and likeness so they can profit off of their own image if a kid wants to ask them for an autograph and they want to give them five bucks it's not against the rules for that athlete to take those five dollars um and i think you know that's a that's a first step and i think that is long overdue but I don't think, I mean, how much is that going to change anything, really? And you see so many guys coming out of high school now. um, I mean, when do they just abolish the one-and-done rule? When do they go, you know, just straight out of high school kids can go? Because, I mean, it's already kind of going that way with, um, you know, the G League opening up avenues and R.J. Hampton uh, traveling overseas. And, you know, kids are just getting smarter about their – you know, image and their future and their personal branding.
1: I, I disagree. Okay. I think the NCAA is the best place for a student athlete to, well, not necessarily a student athlete, but an athlete in general to grow their brand. Um, but the company- people watch college sports, <clears throat> people care about college sports. As an alumni of these universities, people care. People watch, but they
0: don't care about the athletes. The NCA doesn't care about the athletes. They may care about the sport, they don't care about the athletes.
1: Well, I'm I'm saying for athletes, what do you, what do you mean they don't care?
0: Well, I'm saying they don't care because I actually agree with you. I think it is probably better if you stay in college and you get the you know experience of playing in college and the and like you said, people watch it and you can um, you get to know them a little bit better, but. And, you know, that, that's the whole one and done rule. I mean, kids just, they come and then they make millions of dollars for their schools and they're they're out of there. I mean, they don't, there's no incentives for kids to stay. You know, they don't go to fucking class. They don't, you know, there's none of that. Um, so I just think if you're going to, if you know that basketball is your route, why would you waste your time going to school, doing all this, all this shit that the, you know, program is going to make you do? Like, how how can we tell them? you know, what to do. Well, even if the NCA is the best option for them, I think the NCA just needs to incentivize that more.
1: I think for any kid going to a college program is the best thing for them. Um, I mean, what these kids are offered and what they are able to experience at the college level, I think is way better for their development than what the g league is going to offer somebody um you know they talk about oh well what if that person gets hurt and you could say that about anybody you could say you could say that about high school so do we want high school kids to not play their senior year of high school i mean it's just it's just kind of silly and i think it it kind of shows where um in society you know right now where people aren't necessarily um you know thinking straight about college basketball because i think college basketball is is good for society and it's good for players in their
0: development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's like it's it's tainted right now and it's it's sad to see <laughs> and you know the teams some teams have playoff sanctions and whatever. It's just ugly. But I mean, you, one thing that the G League offers that the NCAA doesn't is a salary, you know, and it's it's not much money, but you and whatever. And I don't like again, I don't know how much kids would be able to make off their NIL at a college. I'm not sure like what the, that number would come out to, but if you, you know, I think the first salary for the G league was like 125,000 or something. And I mean, that can change a kid's life. And if you need that money, you're going to cash out and go to the G league and where you can just focus your time on your craft and no distractions and you can earn money from it. Um, so I think that's a big sell for the G League. But so kind of you mentioned earlier about like kids wanting to play together and, the you know, the AAU kind of part of it. Um, do you think that is seeping into the NBA with like the forming of super teams recently and that trend? And are you a fan of it or not a fan of the current state of the NBA? Well,
1: I think AAU culture goes all the way back into the 1980s. Um and that was kind of like the start of AAU, and I think that culture is what the NBA has become. Mm-hmm. These kids grow up learning that you know this kid from this town or this kid from that town. You know, let's let's bring together the best talent around, and let's go play. You know, the kids from North Carolina and Indiana and all these other teams, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the NBA. I mean that that culture just doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere. People learn that that's considered, um, you know, a route. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty, thirty years ago in the NBA, people would have thought, you know, a super team or are getting, you know, the best players from multiple teams together. You know, would that that be considered kind of crazy? Right. And now that's you know what the NBA is. The NBA is kind of realizing that you know, with the whole max contracts and all that, they're kind of starting to realize, well, you know, maybe that down the road isn't the best way. Um, you know, I look at the Minnesota Timberwolves and free agency. It's like, we can't sell a soul to come here. (laughs) You know, we we have no shot at anybody who's, you know, a top tier NBA player to come here. Um, unless we just, you know, give somebody like Andrew Wiggins a max contract who doesn't deserve one.
0: But he said he he said he deserved one. He said he was going to get better, so we trusted him. <laughs> what yeah, a fucking joke that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's it's the Minnesota Timberwolves and small markets, and that's and that's really for me what my biggest problem is with the NBA is it's not like the NFL where every team has an equal chance to be great. And in the NBA, it's very, very, very difficult in a small market or a smaller market to do well. You got to be and hit home run like Milwaukee did with Giannis. Yeah. It's really difficult for <clears throat> the Indiana Pacers to get, you know, great players. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that publicity is all good and, you know, in the big cities and whatever for the NBA. But I think that's part of the reason, um, you know, with declining ratings and declining,
0: um, yeah, popularity. I think, I mean, you're in the same boat as a lot of people. My dad said the same kind of thing when we, I was talking to him about the bubble. He's like, you know, he, he just can't get into the NBA because he's not a fan of the parody and the competition. Um, and say, say what you will about that. But, I think the AAU part of it is interesting. And, I mean, a lot of these guys have their own AAU teams now. You know, CP3, I think, has his own team and whatever. They have their own programs. But I think that kind of just goes along. My thing thing with all that is player empowerment and how that's really become more prominent today in the NBA than A in any other league um, and just in general. Um, But I think, and that kind of started with LeBron, but that's the whole thing of players just realizing that, their powers in their own hands and they can do what they want with their career um but i will say it's getting like it's getting kind of out of hand i mean i i couldn't even keep up with all the free agency moves that happened yesterday i mean like i i don't know what's going on who's on whose team everybody just wants to play with each other this superstar wants out you know cuz they're not happy with their situation and It's like, come on. I mean, you can't just give, like, five years to a team. You can't just let something build. I mean, at the first hardship, you're just fucking demanding a trade. You're wanting out.
1: Well, there's just a lack of loyalty to organizations and to people. Um, And I think that even is just kind of like a millennial movement in general. Yeah. Um, You know, people, you know, they get a job or whatever nowadays, and, you know, they talk about millennials. They'll just pick their crap up (laughs) and just... You know, sword in a box and go. Yeah. I mean, people aren't necessarily, um, there's just kind of like a lack of loyalty to, um, you know, cities and towns and kind of, you know. It's definitely less
0: of it. Yeah. yeah. Less loyalty. I
1: mean, and people are like, they, um, you know, they'll put in like their Instagram, um, you know, like post or whatever when they leave the team. It's like, oh, well, thanks for giving me a <laughs> shot. And it's like, well, we were the only team to give you a shot, and then now you're leaving. It's yeah. just, it makes no sense, um, you know, for somebody who who doesn't, you know, have all that talent and all of that
0: um, prestige. But um, yeah, you can't. Again, I mean, it's it's their career, so they do what they want with it. But it, it does. I mean, it's like, where did the competitive spirit go? Where did like I'm gonna stay with you know? This team took a chance on me. So I'm going to stay with them. I'm going to give them a chance to build, build around me. Um, and and yeah, we're, I'm happy here and we're just going to get better. But yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way. Like the, you know, Harden wants out. John Wall wants out. You know, it's just, it's like, where, where do we draw the line? I mean, each year we're going to have new rosters. Each year we're going to have fucking like new superstars on new teams. And I don't know how sustainable that is. So yeah, I just kind of wonder, um, you know, what, what the trend is going to be if, if teams are just going to be jumping ship every year, (laughs) you know, um, getting their money, chasing and the money in the NBA has gotten ridiculous. I mean, like mediocre players are getting like five mil a year. Like I think Malik Beasley signed for four years, 60 mil. Gordon Hayward was like four years, 120 mil. I mean, the, the money in the NBA has just gotten ridiculous. Um. But, yeah, it, I, I'm just curious to see where that trend goes. So, and as we talked about high school basketball a little bit, uh, there was a game on last week, uh, Team Sizzle versus Yipsy Prep on ESPN. Um, oh, and what about those names? How do you feel about them? What, the names of the high schools? Yeah. No, yeah well, no. is Sizzle, that's an AAU team, isn't it? Or
1: Yeah, so that's um... – Jalen Suggs, um, Terrell Suggs. I think there's a connection there with with that AAU program. Okay.
0: Um, and then yeah, so that's that team. And then what was the other team? Yipsy Prep. Yeah. I'm. And that's Amani Bates' team. Yeah. And idea. the teams, this team sizzle is they weren't. I think they ended up winning. It was just like a little scrimmage, but I mean, just watching that game, if you if you put Chet Holmgren or Amani Bates in this year's draft class, I'm taking them number one overall, right? Are you? Either one one of them. I disagree. I don't think
1: that I've personally seen enough from either player to necessarily say that we can say that they're a better choice than Anthony Edwards. You got to look at, um, like I said earlier in this podcast, we talked about Anthony Edwards' body. You know, Chet Holmgren. Is still very long, lanky, and Amani Bates is is very similar to that. Um, I do think that Amani Bates and Chet Holmgren have more potential um, long term, but they're high school players. You know, a year when you're 18 years old, 17 years old is a very uh, you know a lot can change with a player. So you know, I mean, look at a guy like Matthew Hurt. You know, he's a very, very highly talented player coming out of. Rochester here in Minnesota, and, um, you know, just, he didn't have a bad year necessarily at Duke, but it's like, he had to go back, you know, and like, that can happen, Um, and I think that's what's kind of great about, you know, uh, NCAA basketball too, is because it's like, if we go to the high school route, it's basically like an MLB draft, where you can draft players right out of high school, and it's like, I don't necessarily think that that's, um, you know, that's going to draw a lack of publicity with the NBA and what are we going to do you know, start sending guys down to the minor leagues and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can go that route too, but it's, I think there's something great about going to a college university and playing in front of crowds that you can learn a lot about players um, that way. And there's guys that, you know, their stock goes down because of that. And there's guys that also their stock goes up. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at Peyton Pritchard, it's like, do you think Peyton Pritchard ends up going in the first round of the NBA draft if he um, comes straight out of high school? I mean, God, no. no way. Yeah. You know, so I think you can look at it multiple ways. Um, But yeah, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, strictly from a development perspective, I think college is a great route. But I mean, yeah, if the G League is going to open up options, you know, maybe that's the route. But yeah, like the developmental, and that's kind of what they, they mentioned that during the Holmgren versus money base game, they talked about their frames a lot. And, you know, Chet's a skinny kid, whatever. Same, you know, same with Amani Bates. But, <clears throat> you know, he was like, yeah, we were we were talking to a college coach and he's not worried about, you know, their frame or anything. He's like, you, you give us – I mean, we they have gotten so good at bulking guys up and the the weight training programs at, at schools that you, you get them there for a year. They can put on 20 to 25 pounds of good muscle. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned – Obviously they don't have Holmgren or Amani Bates, they don't have NBA ready bodies like obviously anybody in this class did, but
1: Well and and here's the other thing with that too is like do we really think that a guy like Chet Holmgren or Amani Bates is NBA ready? I mean, mm-hmm. like physically, no. The NBA is you know, those guys are grown men. And to think why would we just have Chet Holmgren sit on the bench just to grow? You know, when he can be playing in college and kind of growing his brand that way, through you know universities that have marketing and alumni and all that's already set up, and you can great, create kind of a new experience in your life too. All of these NBA players that that do go to college, a lot of them will talk about how great their college experience was. I mean, Zion Williamson was the number one overall pick and wanted to go back for another year. Yeah, that's true. I mean that's. That kind of just shows you how great a college experience can be for yeah. It's a, a person. NBA it's a person
0: to person basis, I think. But I mean, you act like they're not going to be getting experience in the G League. I mean,
1: I just I just personally think that the G League is bad basketball. Yeah,
0: it's it's probably like dropouts and the competition at the D one level is probably more consistent. Um, but yeah, I I was I had a lot of fun watching that game because I I had never really seen Chet or Imani that closely or just sat down and watched them for a game. But I mean, my God, they are special. I mean, Chet, Chet's a walking triple double. I mean, he's, you know, the blocks and the rebounds, a seven footer. Um, and Imani Bates is, you know, he really does look like Kevin Durant out on the court. And he was coming down, dribbling the ball up and pulling, pulling up from like four feet behind the line. And it's not a good shot. And he airballed a couple, but like, you know, he's taking it cause he can make them. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so, Chet is currently undecided, or he's uncommitted. Um, but. Minnesota,
1: I'm, he's going to Minnesota. Yeah, he no, scores. he fucking
0: isn't. There's no fucking he's chance. Going. He's he, coming. He's going, to, he's going to Gonzaga. He's teaming back up with Jalen Suggs. Place a large wager on it. How, why would you not want to go play for Gonzaga? Mark Few.
1: Yeah, I mean, go out west, you know, play against. Teams that nobody even knows, and just playing a conference. With. Careful,
0: careful with the West Coast Conference. The WCC's got some teams.
1: Yeah, that's what all the small conferences say. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's. I think it's a. It's a good program, and you know they tend to do well, um, in the tournament. But I just think that like going to a blue blood program, some would consider Gonzaga a blue blood program. But I mean, playing great teams. Um, night out, night in and night out in the Big Ten or ACC or SEC. I think that just kind of develops a player um, differently than a, than like the West Coast Conference might. But that's sure. just personally my opinion. Sure, sure,
0: sure. Do you think – I mean, do you think there's anything Patino can say to Holmgren to make him consider or come to Minnesota? Well, I um, – can we use the Can we use the L.A. Clippers pitch? Dan, Big Dan getting drafted in the mid year. I think Patino
1: is a very average coach. I think he's a good recruiter, and he does well to find players um, all over, you know, the United States. Or even now, we've got um, two players abroad, I believe, on the roster with um, the kid coming. Well. Kid just from Sweden who who played with uh, Kendall Brown committed, um, and then the kid from Turkey, um, I can't remember his name, and then um, the kid from Germany. Do you remember? Do you remember his name? Owen?
0: Um, I really don't, but okay. I know. Yeah, I mean, we even had like Bakari Kanate back then. He's always kind of gotten kids from.
1: Yeah, no, but that that's I mean that's kind of what Patino does. Is he he finds players. Um he doesn't necess- he doesn't necessarily fit like what the Minnesota press and what the Minnesota fans necessarily want. Minnesota fans want hometown kids to come here and play. He's done a fair job with recruiting hometown kids. Um he struggled with, you know, players like McKinley Wright and, you know, JP Makira and kids like that where it's like you know, those kids should have been on the Minnesota roster if Patino would have been on them earlier.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, I think that's... I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to really say with Patino and what he, uh, you know, has done so far. We've gotten to the tournament a few times. Yeah. But do I think, you know, he's a home run and I'm over here, you know, smashing <laughs> pans and, you know, getting all excited for him? It's like, probably not. Right. But... I mean, do I think that he can do well for the golfers? Possibly, um, but he's done you know a fair job so far.
0: Yeah, he hit he definitely hit on the O2 rule and coffee getting them to stay in Minnesota. But I mean that's that's not all. It, you know you need to do more than that. And like you mentioned, a couple big guys that he missed, and you know you you need some of those guys. Um, well,
1: and he, and here's the thing too with like, you know, we look at coffee. You know, his dad played for the golfers mm-hmm. and you look at Daniel Oturu, he always wanted to play for the golfers. He were, he committed as a junior, you know, to the golfers. and that's very, very rare. I honestly
0: don't understand why more kids, why more people aren't like that. I mean, why wouldn't you want to represent for your hometown? And you could, like you said, you could see how important it was, though, to ruin coffee.
1: Well, oh, and most kids aren't like you, and you know, so prideful <laughs> and loyal. And, yeah. You know, you grew up going to the games and stuff. Right. It just depends on the kid. Some kids are interested in, you know, the big lights and the big stage. And, you know, you go down to Cameron Indoor and it's like, well, you know, I've got myself made here. Um, And, you know, you look at Cole Aldrich, um, shout out Bloomington Jefferson. Yes, sir. Um, But, you know, he was a player who easily could have went to the University of Minnesota and you go down to a great program, you know, with like Bill Self in Kansas and, you know, you see all this, um, you know, media. And, and down there, you know, Kansas basketball is everything. Mm-hmm. The students, that's what they breathe. The students, the culture, the fans, everybody thinks, you know, what's this team? What's next year's team? Like, what are we looking like? You know, are we going to win a national title? You know, mm-hmm. those are things that... That's the standard they built for themselves. Exactly. And... Who wouldn't want to be a part of that?
0: Yeah. Um so. especially if you're looking for the pro route too. I mean their their development there is great. And um
1: Yeah, they've had some really big products lately. You know, look at Andrew Wiggins. What was that one kid? Um, Phoenix Suns. He's barely making the roster now. Who Kansas?
0: Oh no. Here. Dragon Bender? He he was no, overseas. He, he was
1: overseas. Um hold on here. He was like drafted um, third
0: Josh Jackson, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, Josh Jackson, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Who else? Whatever. <laughs> I, um,
0: I get where you're going with it, but, I mean, you can look at Devontae Graham. He just had a big year from Kansas. Yeah. But, yeah, I get I what you're I mean, he, I think Devontae Graham,
1: funny. he's lightning in the bottle.
0: No. You know? Yes. Huh?
1: Yeah, he'll be lightning in the ball. Oh, f- you're a hater. <laughs> you're a hater. I guess you could say that.
0: Well, he should have won Most Improved Player. So. I don't even know, though. He didn't, though. Yeah, he didn't. I don't know. I think Brandon Ingram was very deserving of that uh, award. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it was cool to see Oturu and Coffee play for the hometown team. And, and, yeah, man, I, I did grow up. I mean, I remember we would be in gym class at Jefferson, and we'd be you know, talking golfer games like the day after in gym class, and you know, talking shit about you know who played shittier. Well, you most of the times it would usually just be you bashing Joey King the whole time. But um, and
1: yeah, I, he, I think he's out there playing three on three basketball right now. Yeah, and he's still
0: soft, and he's still getting buckets. I, still a little bit soft. <laughs> Egan product, right? Uh, Eastview, Eastview, I believe. One of the two. Eastview, yeah. One of the two, but um. Yeah, so Amani Bates he's committed to Michigan State. So great, you know, the golfers got to see him for a fucking year. Um why why what's up with these guys just staying in the Big 10, man? That's get them out of here. Um but yeah, Yipsey Prep was good. They had Chet's team sizzle team. I don't think it had many other commits. It was like basically Chet and then they played Jefferson basketball defensively. I mean, they were like a I mean it looked like a bunch of us out there with just this seven foot unicorn um
1: well they do have players like Prince Lig Bay okay um, Hersey Miller um, are they d1 guys yeah so both of those guys are gonna end up being high major d1 okay um, I believe um, Prince Lig Bay I know has uh, multiple high one or uh, high major d1 offers but yeah Hersey Miller not entirely sure. Um, but I believe he'll end up playing, um, point guard at, uh, a high major D1 school.
0: Okay. And then, yeah, Yipsy Prep, I think had, it had one other MSU commit on the roster who looked really pretty good. And then I think a couple other guys who could really hoop, but, um, yeah, whatever. I'm not looking forward to see seeing Bates in the big 10, but, um, and he's, he's class of 22, which is crazy to me. I mean, do you think he reconsiders or, uh, what is it? redeclares
1: reclassifies
0: yeah um i mean i'm not in
1: his head right um i don't necessarily know anthony edwards reclassified Uh, did he yeah so that kind of shows you how young he is but i mean built like nobody's (laughs) built like a dumpster truck
0: how the fuck does that even happen i mean he must he must have played football in growing up right Well, well that's what it sounded like
1: Oh, and you know what he said.
0: Yeah, dude, I do know what he said. And it kind of pissed me off, to be honest. And, yeah, so if anybody who's listening doesn't know, he basically said that football was his favorite sport growing up. Um, and that if, you know, if he was drafted in the NFL, he would quit basketball in a heartbeat. And he, he's like, he got asked, you know, so when did you, you know, get into basketball? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm still not really that into it. <laughs> it's like, huh? You know, what? like, what? I mean, that's not what I want to be hearing from my number one draft pick. I you know, I'm giving my keys to the car to this the keys to the franchise to this kid and he's not even that invested, is what it sounds like.
1: Well, and 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 I think another thing too is like you gotta realize that kids nowadays, um, especially the top choices, typically I mean these guys are young kids. Yeah. They aren't developed uh even if he is developed physically, they're definitely not developed mentally. So, when they say these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh my gosh, you know, we need to, you know, immediately, you know, get rid of them or whatever. It's, I mean, these guys are going to grow, it's going to take time, and I think that's a big problem for the Timberwolves, because we aren't going to get better overnight with Anthony Edwards. I mean, maybe a little bit, just because of his size, and, you know, he can kind of play you know, two ways a little bit that doesn't us. help you now though but I mean, he's not a guy you know where you can
0: plug in there and it's like okay this kid you know he's gonna help us a lot yeah so and that's what colin said too is you know i mean the nba draft has turned more into a developmental thing than anything i mean you're taking guys who may not even see the court for the first two three years or whatever you know guys like chris stops or even ricky rubio or you know this Avicii kid or you know, anybody, I mean, you're taking, Avicii's
1: dead, or yeah, okay, okay,
0: yeah, rip another, rip Avicii, or Denny Avicii, whatever the dude's name is, but, um, yeah, I think, whatever, again, like you said, the kids are young, and I think that, you know, this is when the media and fans need to check themselves, because, you know, he is just a fucking kid, and he's never been in front of cameras before, he's never done interviews before, I mean, like, he has, though. Okay, but he's not, like... He's been in the spotlight somewhat. Um, I think that, people just... Probably not to that extent, though. Yeah, and I think people just misconstrue words. I mean, you know, it might sound like, you know, yeah, f- you know, f- he said, fuck basketball. You know, I'm going to go play in the NFL. But that that's not really what he's saying. He's just telling you that football was his favorite sport growing up. And um, people will try to run with it and make what they want of it. But, it's like you said, it's just a 19-year-old kid just talking. Um, but yeah, sounds like he's going to try to be a rapper too. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out. Get, get, get Cat a feature or something. Get Ryan Saunders on the track. Um, I'll buy the mixtape. Fuck. Um,
1: I can't wait to see you dance into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. going to be hitting some mean moves. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pre-order Anthony Edwards, uh, mixtape. Um, Jack what's what where are you at right now? I mean are you just are you home from college now or what are you what's your plan Well I didn't know this was counseling 101 but, <laughs> um, it's a pandemic man we, how, we gotta check in on the homies
1: yeah no I'm I'm currently at home but yeah I gotta go back to school for a few days and then I'll be home for the rest of the uh, semester and then um, trying to maybe get down south. Um, for a month or two next semester. Nice. Just kind of personally sick of this, uh, you know, COVID and being, um, you know, indoors all the time when, you know, the only safe place you can kind of go is, is outside. And here in Minnesota, we just had a uh, a lockdown enforced um, for the next four weeks, um, closing down gyms, bars. Um, do you know any?
0: Um, bars, restaurants, even. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's it's just a it's just a tough tough uh tough time to be in um you know in Minnesota where in the winters it is very it cold. gets tough.
0: I mean people already struggled with like seasonal depression and like once the weather gets cold and the sun starts setting at like 3 p.m. or you know, um, but yeah, it, it is going to be tough these next however many weeks. Um, and but you know the pandemic sound it's getting worse, numbers are rising, so. Do what you got to do, but I'm bored, and I've been home for one day, so I don't know what the fuck, I, you know, what do you do? God, you get quick. You know, <laughs> yeah. Bored so quickly. And yeah. I
1: I love to just kind of, you know, sit around and notice things on the wall. And yeah,
0: watch watch the ceiling a little bit. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> watch Michael Scott in the office. and Fucking. Just watch Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, basically. <just>
0: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what do you, I mean, what are you thinking of the, the weekend, Cowboys-Vikings? I mean, that's got to be a Vikes win. I don't know. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> I mean, the Wolves are, God you. mean the it. Vikes? Yeah, the Vikings. We've um, been talking <laughs> about the Wolves for the last 55 minutes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, the Vikings, they've been up and down all season, and they kind of hit a stride in the last few weeks here. But... It's just tough to say with a team that's been inconsistent, um, you know, for
0: the last, you know, 15. Yeah. I think, I don't know, dude. I mean, you gotta you gotta win this game. I mean, the Cowboys, I don't even know who their starting quarterback is right now.
1: Yeah, they've got some third stringer in
0: there. I think it's like Gary. But Remember. I think
1: Andy Dalton might be coming back this week for them, which, yeah.
0: you know. Whoa. Whoa, stop the pressers, man. <laughs> yeah. Andy Dalton's back. Fuck. No, yeah.
1: well, I think he's um, playing this week, but I'm not, you know, too excited to watch that game. I'm kind it of doesn't... done with, um, you know, watching football.
0: But really, yeah. Why? What, what? What made you get to that point?
1: Well, I think it's just kind of COVID is one thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's something electric about going to a football game or seeing a football game. Where with fans and yeah. <laughs> with excitement? Or... Yeah, I mean it's such an emotional game already. Where you know people get so fired up for football games. Yeah, and every time I hear that horn, you know I'm just <laughs> you know I'm waiting for the crowd to you know just hear that. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, and yeah. like I'm not getting the the you know the emotion that I, I tend to get when I'm watching Vikings games. So. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a big turnoff for me. Fantasy football and you know betting games and things like that. I think that's something that can kind of keep you interested, but it only does so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. I I'm falling out of love with fantasy football too. I, I mean, whatever. My teams aren't that good this year. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I got no real reason to watch um, from a fantasy perspective. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Vikings got to win. And I think, you know, what you're going to get from the Vikings on offense, you know, hand the ball off to Dalvin, get the play action pass game going, make sure Kirk doesn't do too much. But I think, you know, you, you just don't know what you're going to get from that defense week in and week out. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that ends up going. A um, couple other games to watch this weekend, just for anybody curious uh, Titans versus Ravens. That's a big six and three showdown. Um,
1: I, I think the Ravens are very very overrated.
0: Dude, I'm I'm kind of well. And the Lamar Lamar is overrated.
1: The Lamar Jackson show is all it is is for media. The media love Lamar Jackson because he's the highlight king. But I don't necessarily think that you know I think he's a g- good quarterback, but he's definitely not you know a top three quarterback that's just all of a sudden going to transcend the game and you know can carry a team. Yeah, Alone on his back. I mean, sure, I think he can win a Super Bowl or win a big game. He hasn't done it
0: yet. He hasn't done it.
1: But, you know, I think it's just very, very hard with his passing ability yeah, to for, win a lot
0: of games behind him. They're dead last in passing offense this year. They're dead last. And, you know, while we're on the topic of fantasy, you know, he's one of those guys I drafted him in one of my leagues in like the third, fourth round. He's been awful.
1: Yeah, biggest mistake you were like. Yeah,
0: yeah, even bigger than Zach Stacy in the <laughs> second round. Um, but yeah, dude, that team, for as good as they are, Lamar is a problem. I mean, there's just no passing threat, and the receivers on the outside aren't very good, so maybe they can upgrade there. But, I mean, yeah, that it just doesn't inspire much. That offense doesn't inspire much confidence into me. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to hand the ball off. Fifty times a game and just win. I mean, Lamar is gonna have to make some throws, and I don't know if they can do it. Um, so yeah, interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, Packers versus Colts. That's uh, seven and two Packers versus six and three Colts. Big one for the Vikes. Um, I'm not sure if they have any chance to win the division, but um, whatever. If the Packers end up, you know, going cold, who knows? Somebody yesterday was telling me that Philip Rivers.
1: Is as good and has had as good of a career as Drew Brees.
0: There's no chance, right? There's just no chance. Well, I I, I disagreed with it. Yeah, but
1: I don't know. It was a very interesting topic. Has Rivers won a Super Bowl? No. Okay. No. And I'm and you know I'm a person you know rings matter a lot. Mm-hmm. But Phillip Rivers has been also on some really bad teams, mm-hmm. and I think the Saints with Sean Payton. And you know some of the talent that they've been able to surround Drew Brees with, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm I think Drew Brees is kind of done. Um, you know, obviously with the claps long and all Jesus. that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounded bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, few ribs broken and claps long. That's typically not good. <laughs> Never for a, football a good player, thing. But yeah. So yeah, so so I think Taysom Hill is kind of the starter. I believe. Yeah. Even though they uh. You know, they gave a little bit of money to Jameis Winston, so that's kind of an interesting situation.
0: I was surprised by that move, as I think a lot of media was. Um, some people were trying a lot of people were trying to argue that the Saints offense was even gonna be more explosive with Jameis at QB than Drew Brees, but just because Drew Brees never throws a long ball. Um, but then Sean Pate throws a curveball at you and he's gonna throw Taysom Hill in there. Um and fucking hell, Taysom Hill is so weird, dude. He's listed as a tight end in fantasy. So it's just, like, fucking utility guy. But, um yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes. I, I, used,
1: to, I used to be a person who hated Taysom Hill. <laughs> I couldn't stand Taysom Hill. Why? Because, like, he just was weird. You know, it's just like he's got a glove on. He doesn't have his glove on. He's <laughs> going to throw the ball, but he's going to run the ball, and then he's going to catch the ball. It's like, well, what the hell is this guy doing out there? It's <laughs> like all of a sudden you got, you know, me out there catching passes. I, I don't know. Just a very interesting guy. And then he might be one of the best athletes. He's I've, a good athlete. He might be one of the best athletes I've ever seen in football.
0: I saw some shit last week when they were playing. He like hurdled a dude or like, and then like trucked somebody. I mean, he's like 240. Like he's a unit.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and the guy just, you know, comes from BYU. and I don't know. It just kind of all plays into <laughs> to who he is. His
0: character. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Taysom Hill. <clears throat> all right and then the Chiefs versus Raiders big one um I think the Raiders actually won that game in the first meeting the Raiders are the Chiefs won loss this year so that'll be interesting Kansas City is eight and a half point favorites but that yeah that Raiders team just keeps winning a lot of people like them um they're six and three right now nothing super flashy about them but you know Derek Carr's okay he's okay
1: yeah he him and Kirk are good buddies. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're they're right in probably the same tier, right around. Um, and then Rams versus Buccaneers. I believe that's on Monday night. Uh, another another pretty decent game. Tampa Bay is four point favorites in that one. So yeah, those are some things to look out for this weekend. <clears throat> um, but yeah, on that note, that's really all I had to talk about today. Uh, Jack, any closing thoughts?
1: Well, first off. I mean, it's it's a, it's an absolute honor to be um, considered one of the first guests mm-hmm. on this. You know, this podcast is. You know, it's brand new, but you know, give me a break here. It's, <laughs> you know, it's going big time, and you know, I'm going to be a part of it, and people are going to know who I am eventually. Yeah, so. this is our
0: this is our ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I've already talked to administration about going out of school and you know kind of what this podcast and you know this fame is going to do for me so yeah. you know watch out for that
0: yeah yep Caller daddy um barstool we're coming for you you know that's all there is to it
1: yeah watch us watch us climb those charts baby yeah
0: yeah um so yeah jack obviously thanks for doing uh doing this with me um as i mentioned you know like to have him on a lot more so yeah we'll try to get back to you guys um sometime soon but yeah, I hope everybody's doing well, um, staying sane and healthy out there. And yeah, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody and take care.